What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are reviewing round 13, the second of the buy rounds, talking bogs and flogs, trade targets. We're even going to be doing a rolling 22 today. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined, as always, by the uh, the great man himself, Luke Rogerson. Coming up in the rankings, how are you, mate? On the move, mate. I'm on, on the, the move. move. These, on the move. These buy-round things, easy as. Oh, What's piece of on? cake. Piece of cake it so helps, far. Helps when you have some nice trade-ins, but uh, there was some good scoring this week all around, wasn't there? Yeah, it was almost too good because uh, <laughs> some, some good scores might have been dropped off, and we all had lots of players playing in round 13, which was always dubbed as the, uh, the easy mm, buy-round, yeah. with obviously only two teams on the buy and two teams without too many relevant players on there at that. But it is still a good reflection of, I guess, the the upper echelon of your team and how they are stacking up against the rest of the comp. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see how it all uh, all plays out. Should we uh, review the round with some bogs and flogs? Yeah, let's get stuck straight into it. And the winner of the Norm Smith medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. It's been a long round, so we've got to cast our minds all the way back yeah, to, uh, to Thursday night, recording straight after the Collingwood uh, Demons game tonight on a Monday night. But Thursday night, Sydney versus St Kilda. Who was our best on ground for that game, Luke? I didn't go with the, the low-hanging fruit and just pick the top scorer, but a, a fella that a few people might have bought in on that Thursday night and, and it would have been nervous times bringing in a rookie. Um, 200K, you know, 200K rookie. high break even. And uh, Sheldrick. Yeah, for owners uh, performed really well. I think he ended up with like just shy of eighty, seventy nine. I think. And yeah. um, although you won't see the the cash rise straight away, um, I mean he'll know, go up a bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's when you bring in a two hundred k, it can be disastrous because yeah, if, yeah. if they play shit and then they get dropped the next week, you're in strife. So I think they would have been happy to see that. I think. I think. Yeah, they're the other positive thing. It looked like he played well enough to hold his spot, at least give himself another week or two in there. So, so he might. Uh, he might make the ball boys trade targets this week. A little, bit of, a little bit of a target for some cash. Mm. So yeah, I think that's a very deserving best on ground. Uh, my flog for this game was Jakey Lloyd, who he's, he's your mate from last year. Yeah, well, oh, I did have him for a bit last year, but um, a lot of people would. Keen on training him in this week. Obviously, had the prime matchup, oh, and yeah. this is what this is what really lends itself to the flog award here. Had the matchup against St Kilda and goes out and scores a seventy-seven for one of his worst scores for the year. Did, did he save that late as well? He did. I think he was playing a little bit of wing, uh, which was a bit strange half back. But then, obviously. Um, the lizard went down, and yes. he had to go back and, and do a bit more uh, stuff in the back uh, fifty. But yeah, seventy-seven. Actually, is his third lowest score for the whole season. So, in a matchup which 
some owners were putting the VC on him. All sorts of all sorts of things Did going on. That? Yeah, oh, there's, a, there's a few people calling for the VC, Jake Lloyd. But yeah, very disappointing for those who traded him in, uh, hoping to get that instant reward, the sugar hit. And obviously, he did do the opposite of that. So now we turn our attention then to Friday night with uh, Port and the Bulldogs. And just quietly, I'm loving watching Port Adelaide these days. Yeah, I, I was never. I mean, not that I, I don't dislike Port Adelaide, but they've never been like a super exciting team for me in years past. But in terms of fantasy relevance, yeah, fantasy relevance, yeah. but also just I don't know their style of play was a bit. I don't know. They're a forward half, lock it in kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. But yeah, now these days, they, Butters, they are fun. That that midfield. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And that kind of brings us to our bog. So I've got Butters there. But the other person that I've got in there is is Jack McRae. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two weeks in a row now, he's he's um, going to be... What were his CBA numbers? Uh, exactly one CBA. <laughs> See, so this is, this is the thing. It's like he's forward, he's forward DPP now. Yep. And... If he's doing that, he's going to be a top six averaging forward for the rest of the year. So Yeah, so he's, he's coming in with a bit of form. Uh, I think three times on the trot in these last few weeks, ever since he's gotten that forward status, he's looked pretty good. The role is still not really what we want, but yeah. it is Jack McRae. He's got the pedigree there, so definitely one to keep an eye on. Definitely um, an interesting scoring one. Scoring regardless. Uh, the flog for this one here is everyone's VC and some people's Captain oh, going Bales. into the round. Shout out to you, Bales. I know I was thinking of you when uh, in that first quarter. It was a it was a rough watch. But Tim English, his worst score for the year by a long way, seventy was it seventy four points and I against seventy six points against the team that allows the most points to Ruckman. Am yeah, I right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, either yeah them or the Eagles. It might be the Eagles now, but I think they were pretty close. Yeah. And last time he played against Port Adelaide, went one twenty in the wet. This time, just um, yeah, just kind of sucked. His first quarter had two points at quarter time. <laughs> I'm glad two I wasn't points. watching that. Eh? Yeah, that's one of those anomalies. But you you can't yeah. like you do all your research into your VC into your captain and and you can't account for that kind of yep. yeah. And these are the examples as to why I say. I don't like to get cute with my VC because if you're a person like Bales, unfortunately, sorry, Bales, we're using your name a lot, but um, you weren't the only one, I'm sure, doing this, but going the Errol Goulden VC into a Tim English, which is probably the, the situation where English might have ended up as your captain, it's it all, it all sounds great because Errol Goulden's got that high ceiling, but if you're yeah. just going to put together your, your captains and your best available options, like Tim Taranto... Should have been there thereabouts at the top well, just uh, for most weeks. Leave leave the C on Tim Taranto and just close your eyes. Yeah, well, there's been a bit of discussion on that recently, <laughs> but uh, we'll talk a bit more about that on Friday. But I think, um, to me, this just reiterates the point of not getting too cute with your captains and vice captains because you can get stung with anomalies <laughs> like this. Because And this is the thing. I wonder if we're all going to be You're nervous cap- to put him as a captain next week because obviously he's coming off the back of a poor score, but he's yeah, still Tim English. What does that mean? You're a captain expert now too, mate. One shout out on Twitter. And oh, you're mate, just, just... You're yeah. the big captain guy. Put the crown on me head. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I, won't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. <laughs> I did Captain Mills last year and he scored less than 60, so I know it can turn very quickly. All right, let's go. Hawthorne, Brisbane. Um, I got bloody... A few different bogs here. How good was it to see Hawthorne give it to one of the, the top teams in yeah, Brisbane? Yeah, well, Brisbane, man. Brisbane have got that hoodoo at the gym. They have the hoodoo, man. Like, they can't... Well, they struggled to win outside of the Gabba, but especially at the MCG. Yeah. And it was again on show with Hawthorne beating them. But, 
There yeah. were some uh, some players that got the uh, the job done. Yeah, we love we love an underdog, so I think that's why we like that. But then uh, in terms of fantasy scoring, Dunks went and popped a one forty. Would have been nice to have that as a little VC yeah. option. But um, and then Lockie Neal as well, who was a trade in target for some people this week to go his high score of the year. Yeah, I think. bang bang. So I think little fourteen little marks on the day as well, which was always good to see. He was yeah, those little, those little junk marks in the in the back fifty. That which, kind of thing is not sort of sustainable, but. Um, you know, it, it looked as though he was there or thereabouts, which is good for that. He had the positive matchup. Tough matchup this week, but then a, a nice run as well after that. So, we've got some uh, floggery from this one. The floggery here is from a guy who scored really well, but just is making things very difficult for his owners. And that is James Sicily, the sick dog. Scored 130, as I said, but he's looking like he's facing another suspension um, and is going to be out for potentially three plus weeks. Imagine if you chose to to hold. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, mean, the logic was there. I could see, I mean, I I think we said that we would be trading him uh, when it was round 12. I think he was suspended. Yeah. but yeah, it is it is tough because obviously he looks like a guy who's going to be a top six defender. Oh, definitely um, scoring excellent. Um, but yeah, it's obviously you can't hold someone who's out for three weeks plus his buy. So um, yeah, that's a that's a flog act there, James. It's it's tough because I mean we we obviously use the the term flog in in jest. We're talking about fantasy, obviously. We are and, talking and obviously in the jest. headaches that it causes your fantasy uh, owners. But yeah, the- but just from the perspective of that tackle, like this. He really didn't do a great deal wrong. Maybe people will disagree, but it just didn't feel like there was too much, other than pushing him in the back after he concussed him. That was a a a little malicious, but other than that, not much wrong. Yeah, I mean, there was another player involved, and, you know, it's so hard, I imagine. Like, you're trying to tackle a a big, strong dude down to the ground, and it's, yeah, what can you do, really? So, now. Let's, game. let's head down to Adelaide Oval because the Texan in 250 has kicked 10. And I know he's not fantasy relevant at all. But, no, if but we've got to give a shout out to you the kick, man. If you kick 10, and especially in a milestone game, then oh, you, you well and truly deserve 166 to fantasy points. On the box and flogs. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, will, I just want to give a shout out. I tweeted this out, but... Oh, did you? Um, <laughs> West Coast Eagles versus Adelaide again in round 24, the last round of Trading fantasy. Trading VC. <laughs> bang. Well, it's a, oh, they don't have the times yet, so... Could be a VC, could be a C, but could we see a repeat? I, I don't remember which year it was. Uh, the Jeremy Cameron um, Someone captain. It. I think it was the guy who was in second place, captain Jeremy Cameron on his last game to clutch the Coleman medal and uh, goes on to win a car based on that move. Uh, that could be a very spicy little option. but That's like a nothing to lose. Just go for it. Yeah, we're, we're thinking way down the line, but yeah, it just got <laughs> me thinking and reminded me a bit of that. So yeah, big Texan. Uh, the flog for this award, uh, for this uh, game goes to your mate, uh, Jaden Hunt, oh, for man. just giving a big, you know, middle finger bird to owners right before his buy on his way out. Just comes up and scores a 37. Uh, just that was like 11 at halftime. Absolutely tanks his price just before you're about to trade him out. Uh, some people might have traded him out this week, but a lot of people would have held just to uh, trade him out at his buy round. But... Jaden Hunt went, no, fuck you guys. I'm going to go and tank my price just before you do so and uh, not contribute to your <laughs> your round 13 score and, and score a 37. So he's up. obviously a guy that you'd be now very comfortable trading out at his buy. All right, let's uh, move on to the next one. I, I actually don't think I, I need to say this bloke's name for the bog for the Freo Richmond game. I'll let people out there 
you know, work out who it is. But I, I don't think it's even required. Perma Casson, yeah, yeah. Highest how, averaging player of the game. Perma Bog, yep, yeah, he's just a legend. Uh, I found it hard to pick a, pick a flog in this game. There wasn't too much floggery going on, but I'll give it to our mate, Hayden Young, just for old times' sake. Um, a bit harsh in the wet. He, he did actually all right, considering yeah. the, the conditions of the game. But 79, again, similar to Jake Lloyd. Some people would have traded him in. He only scored two more, two more points better in a positive matchup. The weather didn't help him. I'm not super concerned, but it is disappointing from a scoring point of view for Hayden Young. North Melbourne GWS, um, your boy Wardlaw. Oh yeah, my the accountant, mate. This guy brings the numbers. He Absolutely. is crunching the numbers every week now. But it, I, I think uh, a slow second half. I think he was on 87 or something. Uh, yeah, 83, I want to say. 83, so, okay. So we were expecting big things. Nine points in the third quarter, 15 I mean, in the fourth. You're taking that from a rookie every day of the <sighs> Absolutely. week. Absolutely. He's, He's going to shoot up in cash. It's going to be hard if, to say goodbye to him. That's what I mean. If he starts, if he keeps doing that consistently, how are we going to trade uh, him out at round 15? Yeah, well, he's got a great role, obviously. He doesn't look like a rookie. He's in there oh, man. working a, hard. Yeah, and, he's a beast. Yeah, so we love, we love Georgie Wardlaw. The flog for this game, um, look... I didn't want to give it to him, but <laughs> on behalf good. of owners that do have him, Tom Green gets the flog award. Uh, yeah, just didn't bring it in, in a positive matchup. He let down the ball boys, big boys. I think he was number number six or something on that on that list. But seventy three points, one mark, two tackles. This was the Tom Green that I was maybe thinking we'd see more of this season. We haven't, but. Yeah, it's not the time. Well, I mean, maybe it's not the worst round for him actually to, to yeah. kind of suck, but. 73 points, his cash will start to come down now. Um, over at Essendon Carlton, this wasn't a hugely high-scoring game. I think we actually only had one player that went over 100, time, Nick yeah. Martin. Um, but uh, the bog for this one and, and people that were able to and in a position to pick this guy up a few weeks ago, uh, we're very happy with his output in that uh, yeah. Hobbsy. Yeah. So is he... Uh, he looks good too. Is he in the gun points. for you or coming into his buy or... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but okay. I do think he is. Uh, I know he's had a very good run. He's had a very good um, you know, patch of form and his scores have been nice, but I still think he's a, he's a touch below some of those yeah. top six, top eight premiums. So at his buy, I still think he is a guy that is on the trade block for me. Uh, oh, spoiler alert. I, I can see why you've gone here with the flog. Ed Kerno, yeah. What are you doing tagging, mate? And, uh, yeah, the tags, like we, we sort of say it, you know, in jest a little bit, but also seriously that the tags have been kind of overstated this year, but yeah. they are still a threat, and we've seen what they can do to some of these players. Now, Merritt managed to save his score, but he wasn't looking good at, you know, the first half, moved into a bit more of a forward role in the, in the second half and actually yeah. saved his score, like we said, kicked a goal, um, scored 97 in the end, but it is just a reminder out there that taggers can still come in and lock down our premiums yeah, at, at any given moment and um, to not completely let your guard down. The interesting thing too is even if the tagger doesn't necessarily lock down your premium, if they force a role change or they force a little stint yeah. forward, those are all opportunities where the player might score, not score like, yeah. what they um, would anticipate scoring. So... Yeah, it's like a little flag, but it's not one of those things you, you're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, are you? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And then uh, just obviously reacting to the game that just happened before we started recording, Melbourne versus Collingwood, best on ground. Who have we got? I've put Tommy Mitchell there, and for yep. the, this is this is interesting because for the last two weeks, he's gone 120, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, he has. This, yeah. Yes, he has. But I, I don't, my team. unless I've missed something, I don't think there's been a huge role change. I don't think there's been a massive game plan shift at Collingwood. Are these just two out-of-the-box scores, or is this a guy that we need to look at coming off his bye? 
So he's had some positive matchups. Yep. So I think he, I think he had the combo of West Coast then North or North then West Coast. Can't remember which. Uh, no, North then West Coast. Yep. So I think he's turned up in both those games. Um, and then now that Dugowie is gone, who was getting the high CBAs for Collingwood? That's just kind of bumped up Tom Mitchell a little bit more. His time on ground has been over the eighty percent mark these last few games as well, where before it was sort of in the seventies. So. Yep. I think he's going to maybe, whilst Dugowie is out, that might help him a little bit more, just get a bit more time in the middle. Um, but I still don't think he's going to like elevate himself to the Tom Mitchell of old. Uh, and I think that as soon as Dugowie does come back, it will kind of put a dampener on his score. But if you uh, trade him in a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about him as a potential option, I think he is someone that you can hold through till after the buys. Uh Flog for that game that we just watched. Flog, we're just gonna we're just gonna highlight the buy round scoring because you've got an interesting <laughs> story about uh, the content creators cup matchup that they, came down to the wire. For it you. was I, I won by six. I think I mean scores yeah, could update. I might double be, check. I might be fucked, but um, I think I won by six points. And the poor bastard that I was playing clearly had a better team than me <laughs> yeah. this this week, and it's just because my. Um, my fucking scores dropped off that I, I pipped a bit at the post. Junk time janitors over there. Yeah, shout um, out to junk time janitors, Alex from the uh, from the BEP, isn't it? Yeah, from the Breaking <laughs> Podcast. So, so sorry, mate, but it's uh, the buy round scoring is it's. I mean, you 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 eighteen score, but when you have a, a deep team like he did this week, yeah, and, I think his fourth worst scorer was ninety one, and, yeah, and you he, had you had one fewer players than he did. You both had Dacos. He had Dacos and Brayshaw. And yet you've oh, won the week <laughs> somehow oh, because his highest scorer or his fourth lowest scorer was 91 and your fourth lowest scorer was like 70 something. So the, oh. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's so hard to wrap your head around the it. The buy round scoring, if you're on the bloody wrong end of it, it can be the flog for the, and, for the week. and I'm trying to track my rank and see how I'm going. I'm like, am I doing well? Am I not? Like I have no idea. <laughs> Up and down. Yeah. Now, uh, Segway to the content creators cup because uh, we forgot to shout out last week. So sorry. Um, to Guesty yeah. and the guys over there at Infinite Wealth. But just a reminder to anyone who's been tracking that, um, Infinite Wealth, Guesty's company, is uh, throwing some money at the competition. So the person who wins the competition will get to donate that money to charity. Yep. And in addition to that, they're offering um, a uh, free money management um, workshop. Sort workshop. Of thing, yeah. If you're I've watching, actually started doing it. It's um, it's really good stuff. And I, if I you're watching, recommend it. If you're watching on YouTube, you can um, obviously see the the information there on the screen. So follow that link there and, and go yep. over and um, cash in on that because, um, like we yeah, said, definitely definitely worth worth your while. And uh, yeah, definitely lots of value in in those sort of um, workshops that I'm going through right now. So you um, stuff, you're getting up to the top of the ladder, mate. You might be the guy donating the cash at the end. Ooh, well, well yeah, still a long way to go. Long way to go but I think me and Gasty right now are kind of right. taking turns I think Sanchez is in there as well sort of a the big three-headed snake at the top there so I might create a charity and if you wouldn't mind uh, just <laughs> give me some cash at the end of this yeah well you've got a bit of time hopefully <laughs> you make it look legit by, by now and the end of the season the so. Luke Rogers and fantasy charity yeah but uh, no uh, fingers crossed hopefully we can we can bring home and represent the ball boys uh, very so, nice very nice should we talk some news from the weekend let's do it Relatively quiet news weekend, I think, compared to last week. But just a few minor things that we'll, we'll touch on. So, obviously, Nick Blakey was concussed in that game um, way back in on the Thursday night. So, it could potentially positively affect the Jake Lloyd owners who trade him in last week. Yeah, that'd be a little silver lining little, for them. A little bit of silver lining. It's probably only, only one week and Blakey will be back. But, um, 
of course, that means probably don't trade the man. Uh, we did see... It was interesting to note that Heaney and Papley moved to the CBAs for that game as well with, obviously, Luke Parker and Callum Mills still not there. So the fact that a lot of those guys were gone and someone like an Errol Goulden still played a very wing-slash-high-half-forward with a bit of CBAs in there, I just thought that was interesting to note. Um, and yeah. it, all, it probably also illustrates the fact that when a player like Callum Mills does come back, it's more than likely I think we eventually see him in the guts like we want him to be. So uh, I just thought it was interesting to note that those forward players who have not really been in there all year went in there in a game like this. Yeah, it, um, I don't think it, it means that anyone moves on Errol Goulden um, no, I don't, at, well, at this not, stage. Not now. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, worth noting. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, the next one here is probably going to hit a few coaches out there, and that is James Sicily uh, suspension. I think he's been sent straight to the tribunal where he'll potentially face a three-plus week suspension. Um, I think, obviously, they're going to. it might be different to that. We don't know exactly how long, but it is looking like he is going to miss some time regardless. Yeah, I think... Um, um, the the good news is, though, is he's, he scored really well. He had a low break even going to this game, so his price is going to be north of like 930K, I yep. think. Um, lockout, I don't think it's lifted just yet, but he should be at a price where you can basically trade him to anyone, and I do think it probably is going to be a trade. Yeah, the way they're assessing these ones this year, it's, um, you know, even if the intent wasn't there, it's still probably two at a minimum, I think, if they if they do some smooth talking. But yeah. um, now this one sucks for, for a few people that might have gone with a bit more of a speculative option yeah. this week, but Daniel Rich... Did the old man injury? The old man calf, yeah. And went the calf. So I think um, I think the boys over at the traders might have yeah. a couple of them might have made this move. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's rotten luck. Um, look, on one hand, you could say you know you you were playing with fire with a little bit with Daniel Rich, but at the, on the other hand, like he was he was cheap. He definitely yeah. was someone that was value coming off his uh, buy. I could see the logic in it. it and you got to make moves at the end of the day, don't you? That's, like, that's you gotta, right. So um, tough luck, and obviously he's going to be someone that we do need to trade uh, and get him out of your side, and hopefully you can. Get him up to someone that is not going to hurt themselves week one and uh, and uh, put some scores up for your team. So the next one here I think is also a very spicy and relevant piece of information that we need to be monitoring over the second half of the season. That is Harry Himmelberg. He's back in defense. He's and there's back, been back. Some, and there's been some very, very positive quotes coming from the coach as well to saying that they've experimented with him up forward. Which, again, wasn't what they were saying at the start of the season, was it? Experimented. He's played up forward for many years. What do you need to experiment with? Oh, yeah. That's exactly... I don't know. I don't get it myself, but they're saying that he's going to be down back. He's going to be staying down back. He's going to be a great player down back for them. So, Is he going to be waxing in that Kingsley system, do you think? Well, that's the question. I think compared to some of the other GWS defenders, he did score pretty well. So if we use like the example of the Jason Johannesson um, uh, move a few weeks ago when he was he had the role, but he scored poorly, but compared to the other defenders of the Bulldogs, yeah. that forecasted a sort of a, a good trajectory, a good projection for him. I think we can see a similar thing going on here for Harry Himmelberg. 91 followed by an 81, and he is just over 500k. So, I mean, even if he does that, he's still a value option. Yeah, so, (laughs) and if I look at the kick-in numbers here as well, he had two kick-ins, Lockie Whitfield had four. So, Isaac Cumming coming into the side um, might muddle things up a little bit, but if you just look at his price... Uh, it is absolutely so mouth-watering. Um, 
So round fifteen buy but so that means you're not jumping this week. It's after the yeah, buy. You're not jumping yeah. this week. I think he's someone that you could potentially do something tricky after the buy rounds, but yeah. he's he's definitely someone <laughs> that we need to watch. He's definitely a watch this week. I'm very interested to see how his scoring goes next week, and potentially yeah. someone we could jump on in round sixteen, downgrade and get another upgrade somewhere else. Um, so yeah, very very fascinating role change, and obviously one that was very relevant last season. A little bit different with a different coach now, but still yeah. one to watch. Definitely keep your eyes on it. And the last piece of news that we have, we sort of mentioned it off the top yeah. as well, is the fact that Kerno went to Merritt. Just something to keep your eyes on. Carlton take on the Gold Suns yeah. next week. So, Does he go through I, there? Look, Rao's been getting uh, attention. Yeah, I don't know if he really does. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go to someone. I think Merritt was like a bit of a case out of the box this it, week. He's, it, it was a bit been, obvious. Yeah, Merritt's been so... Um, like, he's been killing teams yeah. um, with his foot yeah, it's skills. Yeah, it's been very, like, yeah, publicly good, announced that yeah. he's been on a, in, a, in a good patch of form. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into that one. But really, the Suns are not super fantasy relevant unless you're looking at maybe trading one in this week. Potentially, right. which we very might well be looking at. All right, let's got, move on to... Got your Kung Fu, buddy. The next one here. Hand on. Nice. Kung Fu fighting. <laughs> okay, so shopping block round fourteen. This is where things start to become a bit more cut and dry. I think like so, sashimi. Sashimi cutting them out. <laughs> All right, so we've got our round fourteen by rookies, the guys that you know you've probably been eyeing off a time to upload offload them now. So yeah. we'll go through a list. I'm sure I'll miss some, but Jacob Van Ruin, Weddle, Noah Long, Seamus Mitchell, Luke Pedlar. Kate Chandler, I'm sure I've missed someone else in oh, there, but there's some f- like fat rookies. There's in some there fat too, rookies in there, yeah, so yeah. a lot of guys that have got a bunch of cash on their heads. So if you can get some of those guys out, as well as your round 14 mid prices, um, Jaden Hunt, Dom Sheed, Chase Jones, James Warple, and I am including Ben Hobbs. I think he is someone that we definitely can trade out as good as he's been. 
Um, if he I've gets still, you where you want to go, then he's served his purpose, hasn't he? I think so. And we have to remember that um, Darcy Parrish is going to come back into this team yeah. um, probably after their bye, I would assume. Yeah, this Setterfield is. might be back in there as well. Um, you could get a nice upgrade with a little combo of one of those yeah, rookies and so, Hobbs in there. And So I think, I think all of those guys can go. And um, yeah, it looks like it shouldn't be too difficult, I don't think, to make a nice upgrade this week with a lot of those rookies and mid-prices there as well. So... Okay, and t- then talk to us about sort of red dots. How how do you prioritize them this week? So I'm I'm tossing out whether or not this is a round where I can get rid of some red dots because I can do like a J, uh, a Van Ruin down and a Hobbs up in two. So I can do that and have a little bit of money left over yep. and then have a little bit of cash to make a move of a red dot rookie to some of these uh, rookies because we've got a few rookies putting their hands up now. Which is good. Um, just yeah, touch wood just on that because wood. that hasn't been the There's case. There's been a few. So I, again, lockout hasn't lifted yet so I don't have the break-even data right in front of me but it is potentially around where if you've got some of those more expensive rookies or uh, mid-prices that you can get to your upgrade in two trades, yeah. that third trade you could potentially do a red dot fix-up because we know that round 15 and round 14, these two buy rounds are going to be the most challenging. So the more numbers we can have on these rounds, the yep. better. And we will still need cash generation come the back half of the season when it comes to luxury trades and and all these suspensions and things we're going to have to continue to dodge. Well, that, um, that's yeah. it. Kind of segues into the to the next guy that we'll talk about. If you've got Sicily, you're obviously chopping him. He's getting yeah. the karate. And then um, you've got their Sheasel and Will Day potentially. Yeah. So Sheasel is kind of like a follow on conversation from last week. I think it's less of a play this week because you've got one more week to wait. Then just get him in. Because you just got one more week yeah. now. He he came out. I think he scored like a ninety two or something like that. Yeah. And or... if he can give you another one of those next week, then you trade him off at his buy. You, yeah. You cash and all that. And you're more likely to need him this week, sorry, in the round 14 round yes. versus the round we just had where you had the 22 players. So I think it's less of a play if you've still got him. I would just wait a week and that's what I plan to do. Um, Will Day is maybe a different story. I know some people were sort of, you know, potentially will do a rolling 22 in a sec, but people don't see him as that top six defender. He's on his bye there was a little bit of a shoulder scare early on in that game, but he came back and scored pretty decently afterwards. I think um, I think my way of thinking about Will Day would be if if and I think most people will be in the boat. If you can um, use your, your downgrades and upgrades this week to get a genuine sort of mid pricer like the guys like Hobbs, these guys up to an out and out star, then you're not looking at Will Day. But if for whatever reason you maybe maybe you're in a better position than a lot of people and you maybe. don't have any of those sort of mid prices, then maybe it's time for you to get a little cheeky luxury thing going where you get yeah. day to, you know, Doherty or whoever you think might be in the top six defenders. Well, I wouldn't be going like a Doherty, but I'd be going someone like a Sinclair or Bit something like value. that coming off their buy is the other thing as oh, well. Apologies, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there is a world where I see it could working. I personally. Don't think that he's very high on my priorities. And I don't and I think most people will be in that same boat. Where, yeah, so yeah. I, I've just seen the conversation around Will Day being a trade. I think some people were trading him out last week. Some people might be looking to trade him out this week. I personally would be holding, and he's kind of a guy that you can fix up post the buy rounds. Yeah. Especially with some people like Sicily kind of out. He moves up closer to that sort of top six range. So uh, we saw he can still score even when he's got a banged up shoulder. So we've chopped a few people out. How about we put a few people in the crosshairs and uh, talk about who we might be looking to trade in? Should we, before we talk, actually, no, no, we'll just go with it. Sorry, yeah. I'm trying to throw you off here. But. You just do your own show there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think, look, we, we'll talk the, the upgrade targets, but in, in reality, a lot of the same names that we talked about last week are going to be here as well because I still believe 
that the the process should be the same. I was listening to a lot of um, content and stuff out there. Um, some some people sort of th- throwing some ideas about some big name players that if you don't have like say a Dawson, if you don't have an English or something like those those guys that haven't had their buys yet, is it? Is it okay to jump on those? And I was always, no, like you'd, I'd rather get a guy who's off their buy, even if they're not quite the best in their line, they're going to be playing one extra game than anyone who has their buy coming up. So I still think that the strategy is to get the players off their buys. I think with if we start with the defenders, it's pretty cut and dry to me. You've got two guys that stand out head and shoulders above everyone for me. It's Jack Sinclair and it's Tom Stewart. Yeah, I think those two... Um, are probably the most safe and reliable options. I'm pretty sure Sinclair plays Richmond this week, so he's got a good matchup on the back of a 107 uh, in a poor matchup. I think he is potentially the number one target for all teams this week. Uh, and Tom Stewart, most teams have him, but again, kind of like that top six defender coming off his bye, I think he's he's a good player to target as well. Yeah, I agree um, with the fact that you said those top two and then Daylight. Like you've, you've got yeah. Hayden Young and Luke Ryan on this list, but realistically, if, if you've already got Sinclair and you've got Stewart, look to target another line yeah. rather yeah, than yeah, going, to, going to Hayden Young and Luke Ryan. Yeah, I think um, they're, just, they're a bit too speculative and the, the ceiling probably isn't there to justify the risk. Yeah. Makes sense. Which of those guys do you think is going to be averaging more for the rest of the year, Stewart or Sinclair? <sighs> Very, very good question. I have them projected at the same. Um, okay. I think Sinclair probably has the higher ceiling with Stewart having the higher floor, if that makes sense. He's probably more consistent. Okay. Sinclair can pop off for big scores at any given week. So I potentially would back Sinclair in as the okay. guy who averages a slight bit more, but it's very, very close okay. um, in my opinion. Now, midfield targets, like you said, they're very similar to last week, but that's because we've only had two more teams come off their bye this week. So if you didn't bring in Lockie Neal last week, he's still a potential guy. Obviously, you would have liked to get that 124 against Hawthorne, but um, he's still... You know, potentially a little bit underpriced for what he, we think he might be able to do for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think so. Again, without the um, lockout being lifted at time of recording, just refresh to make sure that, that is the case. I don't know exactly how much he's going to go up in price, but he will move up a little bit, probably closer price to that a hundred, maybe a hundred one mark now, which I still think can maybe be a little bit unders. The matchup this week is not as juicy, but like we've sort of highlighted in the past. After this week, he's got another really good run of three or four games. So I still think he's a good target. I want to use this list here that we've got here in front of us, Luke, to feed us into the next part of the show, which is our rolling 22. Okay. Because the fours that we'll discuss later are pretty cut and dry as well. I don't think there's too much to discuss there. But with these midfielders in particular, I want to talk about who is in the top eight yep. and who do we and how would we rank them. So if we just take a step back again, going back into defense, I've, I've come up with my... Rolling 22. Again, shout out to the traders who have dubbed this name. They've coined that. I don't even have a fucking graphic for it. You, you spring this on me last minute. I know, I've just thrown it to you. It still says ball boys trade targets. No fucking... Well, these are still trade targets, but obviously we want the ones coming off their buy. So People are going to be like, what the fuck's Mitch doing? There's no there's no rhyme nor reason I'm to the show. I'm just taking over the show. Uh, but in defense, let's go through the top six defenders. In my opinion, you let me know if you have any disagreements. Okay. But at number one, I've got... Uh, I'll probably put Jordan Dawson at number one. Uh, Nick Dacos, two. Doherty, three. Sicily at four. I think those are pretty cut and dry, in my opinion. At five, I've got Sinclair and I've got Stewart at six. Both of them kind of projected at a similar average. 
as rounding out my top six. There's a few guys that you could throw into the mix here. Caleb Daniel, who's quietly having a really good patch of form. Yeah. Um, uh, you could throw in Zebel, Will Day, Hayden Young, and potentially a Harry Himmelberg into the mix as well. But I do kind of at this stage see Sinclair and Stewart being those two guys that round out the top six. What What are your thoughts? And do you disagree with any of them or disagree with the order I've got them in there? I think so. I completely agree with the, the top four. Yeah, I think so. Dacos, Dawson, Doherty, and Sicily, and yep. then it like Stuart and Sinclair. I agree with, but would I be shocked if one of those other guys that you mentioned had a big run and maybe averaged a little bit more? Yep. I wouldn't be shocked, but I think that you really can't go wrong with those two. Yeah, yeah, and I think so. Like we sort of talked about, guys coming off their buy of that top six, the only guys available coming off their buy are Sinclair and Stuart. And then the only other guys that are, that are close are Hayden Young. I've got there and potentially a Luke Ryan if you're enthusiastic there. But I don't think that they quite make the top six. So I think they're pretty cut and dry. The mids is where it does get interesting for me. So let's go through the top eight that I've got here. I've got Clayton Oliver still at number one when he comes back. Yep. At number two, I've got Rory Laird. Andrew Brayshaw I have at three. Merritt at four. Bont at five. Tom Green at six, Caleb Sarong at seven, and Noah Anderson at eight. Now, you'll notice that I haven't mentioned a particular name there in Jack Steele making my top eight. And this is where I want the discussion to go. Oh, it'd be a brave person to put him in there the way his season started. Because I think that he was the guy that I had pegged when I was sort of forecasting my trades through the buy rounds. I'd sort of gone, yep, Jack Steele's going to be the guy that I get in for round 14 because they come up against Richmond. He'll have a week after the buy for me to have a look. His price has a bit of chance to go down, but I'm nervous about doing it. Am I am I overthinking it, do you think, Luke? Like, what are your thoughts on Jack Steele and, and what did you see? Because we watched that game uh, yeah. a little bit together as well after we finished our recording. Look, I don't disagree with your order there. Um, the thing with Steele, and, and I've only played for a couple of years, so, you know, you the year before I started playing was the year where he like averaged 130 at yeah. the back half of the yeah, season. Yeah, he was coming off a monster. But, but I've heard a couple of other people say like, Jack Steele at that price, is you just have to get on that. So I was really keen to do what, what you were saying and have a bit of a look at him this week and then maybe with that high break even jump on him next week. Do, do you read into the second half scoring in the game that he played on, what would it have been, Thursday night? So his, yeah. his first half was putrid, but then I think he went 55 or 60. It was that this. big third quarter as well. And and you, you pointed this out when they came out straight away. You sort of identified yeah, yeah, there he was had a intent. change in intent. They, they probably copped a spray at halftime from the coach. But I felt like it was. I was just watching Steel closely. And so watching that first half, if you get a chance, go back and watch like the first two or three minutes of the, the second half, he looks like a guy who's it just looked been... Different, well, didn't he it? looked like a guy who'd just been given a revving, to be perfectly honest. So he's the captain of the club. He's probably trying to come out and set the standard, yep. right? And set the, you know, what we need to do to, to get back into this game, which they I think they ended up winning, right? Um, but he, he, con- he scored 21 points in the first half. So yeah. anyone who's capable of scoring 21 points in a half is someone that makes you nervous, despite how good they're going to go in the second half. Because because of his... There's every chance I'll trade him in this week, but because of his price, is it safe? I think the risk is not safe. super low. I, I think it's... Sorry, yeah, the risk so is low because... The upside could be enormous. So It definitely could be. You do it then, don't you? And if it doesn't work, then you get to luxury season in three or four weeks and you just correct. I don't, I, yeah, I don't think it's a trade that if you trade in Jack Steele this week, he's got a positive matchup, he's got the history, he's a guy that doesn't 
need to accumulate the ball a shit ton because he tackles and he, he finds marks for, yeah. for the most part. Um, but there's something stopping me going just, yep, Jack Steele's the guy. Whereas a few weeks ago, I probably would have said, yeah, fuck yeah, get him at 810K, go for it. That's an amazing trade. And I want to throw this stat to you because I, I've been researching Jack Steele extensively since that game. I can tell, man. And um, the, this this stat caught my eyes. Um, so St. Kilda, for the season so far this this um, year, uh, the, hold on, the number one scoring AFL fantasy team in the comp. Their midfield is number 14 in terms of scoring for the comp. St. Kilda. St. Kilda. So... I don't think it's just his injury concerns. I think we also need to remember that it's a different coach um, for the Saints this year, yeah. and there, there's potentially something going on with the game plan because they're scoring a lot of fantasy points, St. Kilda are, but it's not all happening in their midfield. Like Their midfield is only outscoring, from a fantasy point of view, North Melbourne, Geelong, West Coast, and Hawthorne. And you look at all of those teams, none of them have premium midfielders that we want in our side. So while St. Kilda are winning as well, is there every chance that they start scoring fewer fantasy points if they're, you know, they're not winning as many games? Well, to me, the, the combination of the concerns around his knee and the, the body and also the game style slight change has me leaning away from him being the guy that we expect him to be at the start of the season, even if he's healthy. Is all that enough for you to spend an extra $100,000 to go to? Because I know the other guy that you're looking at is like a sarong. Yeah. Um, is it all enough? Because like I said before, there's there's like reasonably low risk and the potential huge reward. Yeah. Will, um, you let, will you let your other trades kind of dictate where you go this week in terms of... Look, I can get basically anyone in this week because of, you know, the fat and rookies and, and the, the mid-prices. <laughs> um, it's, it's more about... Do I want to keep myself a bit of cash for next week's upgrades? Okay. Which okay. I think I do. Um, so it's it's something that I'm going to find hard to split hairs. At this stage right now, I'm leaning more towards paying up for some of those other guys because I think Steele might be potentially more popular and potentially has, dare I say it, like a lower floor in terms of his scoring. Now, not lower floor compared to how he's priced, mm. but... That's starting to become less and less important now. And if you can get a guy who's a little bit more expensive now and is going to continue to stay at that price and perform well, then it might be hard for other players, other you know people playing to get them in. And they might be stuck with a steal who's not performing the way that we would want him to. But it is an interesting discussion and I'm, I've, I've backflipped several times between Thursday night and today. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what his price ends up coming out, but I expect him to be priced under 100 this week. And if you could tell me that you get Jack Steele priced under 100 at the start of the season, I'd fucking jump at it. <laughs> well, I mean, you bought him I in priced at whatever he was at yeah, the start Yeah, I started season, him. So. The only other one that I'm not sure on the rolling, you're rolling 22 there is Noah Anderson at 8. I think that maybe Petrarca might have him covered. That's funny. He's, he's the guy I'm thinking of of targeting this week, coming off his buy round. Um, well, should we talk about him? Because I'm sure there'll be a few people there. Yeah, are. so obviously he, he might be the forgotten man. Obviously, he, he had a, a, a good stretch there a few weeks after. Uh, obviously, Tuke went down. He's, he's had a season-high score of 159 this year. He's just a guy that I think is... In the CBAs at a high rate, he is someone that has inside and outside game. He's a guy that um, 
I believe if they're going to tag some of the Gold Coast the way it's been going recently, they're going to go to Real. Yeah. I think he's probably a little bit more damaging, a little bit more pivotal to their success than a player like Noah Anderson. And I just think that he's probably the safer guy, despite only averaging 103 so far this season. I think he has room to improve on that in the back half of the season. Um, Yeah, so that's where I'm leaning there. But I'm not by no means extremely confident in it. yeah, I, I guess he's one of those guys. He's he's going to be there or thereabouts, isn't he? Like he's going to be close enough to that top eight mids that you're not going to get completely burnt by um, by owning him. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you? Because you said he had that big run there, but then he's had a run. Um, you know, barring his, his most so, recent score, he had a run of sort of eighties. Yeah. What do you put that kind of thing down? So he got tags against West Coast. Yeah. Scored eighty six. That's ridiculous. Um, 79 versus Brisbane is the worrying game. That's the game that's probably the most concerning. But then the mo- the two games after that was in the Northern Territory where yeah. they were playing with a with a bar of soap. And I think I've seen some stats where the Gold Coast scoring for the season versus Gold Coast scoring as a team at Northern Territory was dramatically lower. Um, so a lot fewer marks to go around and they were chipping the ball a little bit for the Gold Coast Suns. So I think his scoring will reflect more positively you know, outside of that kind yeah. of a, a venue. And that's good information because you've, you know, spoken to me about this before is is you want to try and be the coach that picks up this player before they then go on that good run and everyone yeah. else is playing catch-up. So, you, you know, inexplic- inexplicably started the season poorly, but then some people yeah, might, have, might have jumped on but got the big score and this could be another case of those. You can kind of justify a few of those low scores. Maybe jumping on now is the right thing to do and you... Yeah, and I'm looking at his run here. Look, it's not incredible. It's not the worst. He comes up against Carlton, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Port, St. Kilda in his next five. So Collingwood and Port, obviously tougher matchups. The other three are, I would say, good positive matchups. In that five, he's got three of them at home as well. So, look, I would say slightly positive run, but nothing super crazy. But I do think that... uh, you know, obviously, we talked about all those round twelve by guys last week. I think throwing Noah Anderson into the mix there, um, sort of in that price between like a Lockie Neal and a Caleb Sarong, he's kind of like a good middleman of both those boys. So I do think he is going to be a good option. I'll, I'll come with you on Friday with my definitive rankings okay. of those sort of midfielders because I think that will be the big question for this week. But yep. uh, we'll, we'll flag those all of them as options at the moment. Do we, should we round out the rest of the uh, the Rolling 22? Yeah, well, you put it in here, mate. You may as well finish it. <laughs> okay. Ruck's pretty easy. Tim English, Roll Marshall. I don't think we need what to. What about Briggsy? Briggsy. Oh, mate, he's looking good, though. I tell he you. I think good. he can maybe average 95. Holmesy was frothing him this week. I actually just got a message from Holmesy. It says, I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Go, Holmesy. Big, big round. So, yeah. Uh, bloody good on him, too. He's cheer a- on the, the great man. He deserves a, a big round yeah. after his uh, troubling season so far. He's been stitched, but hopefully he's on, on the charge. The forwards are another tough round, a tough position to, to do my top six. Uh, number one, I've got Timmy T. Number two, Josh Dunkley. Number three, I've got Zach Butters. The next kind of four or five I find really tough. So I've got Cogs at four, Rosie at five. I've got McRae at six. Wee. And Errol Goulden just missing out at seven with your likes of Darcy Cameron, Bailey Smith, and a smoky Ben Keys also in the mix there as well. So... 
Is this just me and the fact that I trade out Errol Golden <laughs> um, not putting him in my top six uh, as a little bias there, or what are your thoughts? No, nah, I don't think so. When you get to when you get to five and six in the forward and defensive lines, like you throw a blanket over a few yeah. of the guys there, don't you? So uh, it could be Errol, could be McRae. Um, yeah, I mean, Gulden's got that. He's shown that enormous ceiling. So if yeah. he punches out a couple more of those, that's really going to inflate his average, isn't it? But um, but yeah, like if you think about it, prior to those two um, big 160s, he was kind of going in there around the 85 to 95 in that kind of bracket. And yeah. he's pumped out a, a couple more of those in the last couple of weeks. So sometimes those big 160s catches everyone's eyes. Um, but, you know, overall, he's kind of just been ticking away at that kind of 95. So Yeah, uh, as it stands right now, Errol Gulden is averaging 104. 4.6 and Jack McRae is averaging 100.2. So as good as Errol's been and as poor as McRae has been in our eyes, it's not that far they're off. Like four points difference. And so, if you take if you take away the two golden 160s, what you know what's he averaging? There? Yeah, probably fewer than 100, I'd say. Yeah. But obviously you can't take that away because he, <laughs> he can do it. But but yeah, you manipulate just, the stats to just, just make just it just to suit your argument. Exactly. Yeah. So let us know what your thoughts on uh, our rolling 22 there, guys. And if you disagree, I'm sure there will be some disagreements there. But do we need? To, we probably need to think yeah. of a different name. The the um, it's probably co- copyright there over at the traders. Isn't yeah, go listen to the Traders guys. They're they're a good podcast. So oh, we're, we're shouting out to yeah, make up for the fact yeah, that we just, stole their content. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be happy with that. Straight up stole it, didn't we? No, uh, we'll, we'll we'll workshop a different name. Yeah, yeah, we we should do that. <laughs> Probably should have flagged that before I threw it in there. But uh, yeah, that will finish that one off there. Um, anything else that we need to cover today? I think um, I think we're all good. We'll, I mean, given the fact that it's still ha- lockout still hasn't lifted, we don't have a great deal of certainty around break evens and talking about those kind of things. So um, join us on the Friday for for a little bit more detail on that. And um, if you want to hit us up at any point during the week. Um, you know, message Mitch on Twitter. Um, <laughs> no, message the Oxshorts, yeah, mate. You, you're flying up the rankings. Yeah, mate. Not top 1,000 bucks. So, <laughs> hey, hey, long season to go, guys. But yeah, thank you very much for listening and watching over on YouTube. So give the video a big thumbs up. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're feeling super generous, give us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to. And we will see you guys on Friday for another live show for some beers. Catches. <laughs>